welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. Happy Sunday. So good to see you with us this morning online. Hey to all of our online family. Of course, we have our Kingdom Culture community here, but we may have some new guests with us. And if you're new with us this morning, I want to welcome you. Thanks for stopping by. My prayer is that this message, this whole experience would be a powerful one for you. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, share the link, comment in the chat. Let us know where you're from. Let us know how the message and the experience has been impacting you. Please keep in touch. Let us know how we can support you, pray with you in this season. Or maybe you're watching on Facebook. Please share the link, like it, and tune in each and every week. This is uh, an opportunity in this season that we have to reach out and extend our community beyond local borders because of this whole pandemic. And so we're excited to be here with you online. Thank you so much for tuning in. This morning, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to make what I would call an adjustment, a spiritual adjustment. And that adjustment's gonna come with uh, a kind rebuke. I believe that the Holy Spirit today is kindly rebuking us or kindly correcting us. Some people don't like that word rebuke. It sounds negative, but it's actually a positive thing. When a chiropractor adjusts parts of our body, it actually, it might hurt in the moment, but it, it, it wakes our body up to health. One small adjustment can bring health to other parts of the body. And so I believe the Holy Spirit today is gonna make a little bit of an adjustment. He's gonna bring some correction. And I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna strengthen us today and allow us or enable us to continue in this season that we are all in right now, going on and, 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 and moving forward in strength in this season. So I wanna pray before we dive into today. And I wanna pray the Holy Spirit really softens the heart and opens up the mind. So if you would pray with me wherever you're at, standing, sitting, laying down, just kind of open up your hands in a posture of of receiving. And I just believe the Holy Spirit's gonna get your heart ready, get your mind ready for what he wants to deposit in you today. So Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you that you have a plan for this morning. And I pray that you would make that Holy Ghost chiropractic adjustment to our lives. Bring correction, bring that kind rebuke where it's needed. We wanna be strong, we wanna be healthy. We want every area of our life to receive strength. And so if there's areas of our life that maybe are out of alignment, out of order, and they need to be cracked back into place, I pray that today, in the short time that we have, that you would do just that in Jesus' name. God, I pray for areas of our life that are struggling right now just to become healthy as a result of this adjustment today in Jesus' name. Amen. I really believe that the Holy Spirit truly is going to make some adjustments today. Now, you've all heard this verse before. 
probably, or maybe you have a bookmark in your Bible that says it. I'm sure you've heard it. Maybe if you haven't, I'm going to read it out of two different translations today, but just to start it off with the verse that I'm actually building the whole message on today, and by the way, it's going to be a short one, is that of Psalms chapter 46, verse 10. It says this, be still, everyone say be still, everyone freeze, and know that I am God. Just simple. You've heard that probably before. Maybe maybe you didn't even know it was a Bible verse, but you heard that somewhere. Somebody said it somewhere. You read it somewhere. Well, it's one of actually one of my favorite verses in the Psalms, actually. Be still and know that I am God. What does it mean to be still and know that I am God? And then to be still know that I am God in the context from which it was written. And, and we're going to dive into that context in just a few moments. But to be still and know that I am God, that word to know literally means to perceive and understand who God is. So it's in stillness. It's in quieting our lives. It's in shutting off some of the distractions. It's, it's about shutting down some of the heaviness, the overwhelming anxieties that are plaguing our mind every day especially in a season like this when everything just feels like chaotic around us, no order, like no stability, we're on lockdown, we're not on lockdown, we're on lockdown, we're not on lockdown, you know, people are, are there's just, it's it's crazy right now. And so all the more in, in a moment like this, especially if you're in Ontario, to all my Ontarians out there, especially if you're in, you're in Ontario, we need to learn the art of this, this passage, the art of this verse, or the power of this verse, to be still and know that he is God, to remember that he is still God, that he is still in charge, that he is still master over all, that he is the one that we worship, and in the end, he's the only one that matters. And so what does it mean to be still and know that I am God? We're going to define that. So today, Today, and actually, before I go into that, one of the, I just want to, I want to give you this little, you know, appetizer coming into what it actually means, because it kind of frames my message title and my subject title, is that the word to be still literally means to relax or let go to relax or let go. That's what it means, really, in the end, to be still and know that I am God. If we want to know, perceive, and understand who God is, dive into his character more, really get a grip on the God reality in our life, okay, him as a person, him as a friend, him as our leader, him as our king, the one we worship, the one we honor with every part of our life, okay, if we want that, we have to relax and let go. Relax and let go. Because right now, right now, there's so many things that we're holding on to for fear of losing. There's so many things that are happening around our lives that are overwhelming us, that are not allowing us or enabling us to just relax and let go. So today, the message title, the subject is relax. Everyone say relax. Just relax. Look up and then out. You know, often we look out and then it's too late. We look out and then we approach God from the fear. We approach God from the overwhelming sense of trouble around us. We approach God with the chaos. We approach God with the anxiety. And of course, we always want to bring these challenges, struggles to God, of course, okay? And now don't hear what I'm about to say that we don't do that. But 
I believe that it's God's design for us to look up and then out, not to look out and then up. So to only go to God when we're in panic, to only go to God when we're in anxiety, to only go to God when the circumstances around us that we're facing are troubling us, overwhelming us, squashing our faith or causing unbelief in our life. And then we're at the end of ourselves and then we're like, oh God, help me. It's like panic prayers. It's people that don't even say they believe in God, but then when they're about to die, they start praying. Now, I'm not saying that we don't do that, like do that, but don't only do that. I believe if we can fix the starting point and we can start our day by looking up and then out, our conversations with God will dictate how we perceive the circumstances around us versus the circumstances that we perceive around us dictating how we conversate with God, okay? Because on that side of it, usually it's gonna come with fear, God, woe is me, this is horrible. And like I said, not that that is bad, but when that's the only way that we approach God when we're in trouble, we're already in trouble. And so I wanna frame this by helping us learn to start by looking up and then out at our circumstances. So my, my, my correction or the Holy Spirit's kind rebuke today is you need to relax. We need to relax. Sean, I need to relax in seasons like this, okay? So we're gonna do some reading today. And so we're gonna read 11 verses, but I'm gonna read it in two separate translations, okay? So just follow along with me. We're gonna have some Bible reading today, okay? So just follow along, please read it on the screen or open up your Bible if you have this specific translation. I'm gonna start reading out of the Passion Translation out of Psalms chapter 46. I'm gonna read the whole passage, okay? We've all heard that verse. Psalms 46, 10, the second last verse of the passage. We still know that I'm God, but I'm gonna continue by reading from one to 11, okay? So, now just to give you a little bit of context though, before we totally dive into this, okay? This, um, this passage or this Psalm, okay, was actually uh, uh, to be sung, okay? This was to be sung and it was considered uh, a song of Zion, a song of Zion. It was, to, it was to be sung as sort of like a, a, a proclamation of faith in trouble, a proclamation and, a, and, and having a perspective that God is still on the throne despite my circumstances, okay? So just to give you a little bit of context there. Now, let me read it in verse one. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble more than enough and always available whenever I need you. We've talked about this, you know, over the last year, 2020. Uh, we talked about how God in, in 20, there would be plenty. We talked about the character of God as El Shaddai, one of his names in scripture, one of his Hebrew names in scripture, El Shaddai, meaning the God of more than enough, okay? More than enough and always available whenever I need you, verse two. So we will never fear even if every structure of support were to crumble away. Now, I know we're talking, in this context, is talking about the earth, but we're, let's, let's look at this right now in our context today, that the earth literally, spiritually, symbolically, metaphorically speaking, as a structure, is shaking. It's crumbling. The structures that we've built up, the structures that we've relied on are somewhat falling apart. The stability, the security, all these things that are happening right now in the world. I mean, because of this pandemic, because of what we're all in some way facing, 
or at least Ontario, you know, there, there's structures that we've relied on that are shaking right now. They're crumbling away underneath us and just around us, all, over, all around us. We will not fear, the Bible says, even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode, erode, erode our faith. And it says, pause in his presence. Often this would be like a Selah moment. Pause, be still, and reflect on what was just said. This is a really a proclamation over us. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith. How do we get to a place where all the roar around us, all the rage around us, all the things that are crashing against the boat of our life, how do we get to a place where those things do not erode our faith. But I believe it's by fixing the starting point, by looking up and then out, not by looking out and then bringing all of our trouble to God and hoping it's gonna go away, okay? So that's what we're talking, we'll get there in a second, okay? Verse four, God is constantly flowing, God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God, most high, into his holy dwelling place. Now, in today's context, we are that dwelling place, okay? His river flows, John 7 said it, that out of our out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water if we believe, okay? So in our context today, we are that dwelling place that God's river flows in and through. Verse five, God is in the midst of his city. Speaking of Jerusalem in this context, but the the new the Jerusalem that is in our context today is the church, okay? We are that Jerusalem, so to speak. It's his church, his body of believers. So God is in the midst of his believers, his church, okay? Which, which is Jerusalem in this context, which actually means peace. God is in the midst of peace, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of dawn. Now, this is referencing Abraham and how Abraham would get up in the morning first thing, okay, in the early hours of the morning and pray. So this is what I'm talking about. Day, our Abraham would look up and then out. This is, this is the, the heart of, Okay, this is the heart of this song, this psalm, that we are to sing over our life, as a song over our life, that we wanna start our day understanding that God is in the beginning of our day. And if we can look up and then look out at our day, I believe we will have a conquering spirit. We, you know, and like I said, not to say that we don't bring our trouble to God and, you know, that we're not, you know, we're gonna miss it sometimes and don't not bring what's happening to God because maybe we looked out first, then looked up. That, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying let's fix our starting point. Let's go look up so we can look out. Okay, and this is why we need to relax in this season. So at daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. Verse six, when the nations are in uproar with their tottering kingdoms, which I feel like it's all around us. There's so many uh, things happening in various nations, countries around the world right now, and partly to do with all the things that are going on, whether it's political, whether it's you know pandemic related, which is kind of all intermingled now. There's just an uproar around the world happening with their tottering kingdoms. God simply raises his voice and the earth begins to disintegrate before him. This is reminding us 
Like God's still in charge. Like God has the ultimate authority and power. It says, here he comes, the commander, the mighty Lord of the angel armies, or the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Pause in his presence. There we got another Selah moment. Just pause, reflect, think on this. Verse eight, everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonders of our God, for he brings both ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. Now listen to this, verse 10. This is our main verse, okay? This is, be still and know that I am God, just in a different translation out of the Passion. It says this, surrender your anxiety. Be still and realize that I am God. Surrender your anxiety. Surrender your trouble. Surrender what's plaguing you. Be still and realize that I am God. I am God above all the nations, and I am exalted through the whole earth. Here he stands, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Pause in his presence. Look up and then look out. Look up and then look out. I wanna read it in one more translation and I'm gonna to continue to dive into this, okay? So track with me here, okay? I read it in the first translation, the Passion Translation, just to give you some language that I wanted to highlight. Now I'm gonna read it in the Message Translation, okay? And I'll read it a little bit quicker, but let's, let's see where this goes. Verse one, chapter 46 out of the Message says, God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need him. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom. I love how that's language there. In this time of trouble, in this time of chaos, we stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake. Before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains, Jacob wrestling God fights for us, God of angel armies protects us, river fountains splash joy, cooling God's city, this sacred haunt of the Most High. God lives here. The streets are safe. God at your service from the crack of dawn. Get up in the morning, start your day, look up and then out. Once again, a reference to Abraham getting up early in the morning. Godless nations rant and rave, kings and kingdoms threaten, but earth does not does anything, he says. Verse seven, Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angel armies protects us. Attention all, see the marvels of God. He plants flowers and trees all over the earth, bans war from pole to pole, breaks all the weapons across his knee. I love that image, he's like, he's like snapping the weapons, you know? <laughs> Step out of the traffic. Now listen to this, I love this. Step out of the traffic. Step out of the traffic, like pause, like get out of that, that situation that's overwhelming you right now. Step out of the traffic, take a long, I love this, Loving look at me, your high God. Relax and look up. Relax, step out of the chaos, step out of the overwhelming struggle, step out of the stress, step out of the anxiety, step out of the traffic in your life right now and take a long, not a short, a long, loving look at me, look up. Look at me, your high God who's up, who's high, higher than your situation, higher than your 
earthly, natural perspective of stress, natural perspective of you see everything around you right now, everything out around you is overwhelming you around. Take a, your step, take a step out of that and look above it all, high above where God is, okay? I love this, it says here, take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics. I love that the translation chose to reference this, above politics, above everything, okay? All the things that are warring against you from having peace, from having, uh, from relaxing, like above all, all the news, all the narratives out there, above politics, above everything, just take a long, loving look at me. This is a rebuke to me. This is a rebuke to you. This is a correction to all of us. A rebuke doesn't have to, doesn't have to be a negative thing, you guys. This is simply just God, who is a father, loving father, wanting to redirect our attention, to redirect our gaze, to redirect our focus in this season by, by enabling us or, or giving us the, the strength to step out of the traffic and take a long look at him, our high God above politics and above everything. To finish it off in verse 11, Jacob, wrestling God, fights for us. And the reason why it keeps saying that, if you're not familiar with this, is Jacob, okay, one of the patriarchs of the faith, it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had a wrestling match with God, okay? And you can read that near uh, the third, sort of a, uh, a third of the way into the book of Genesis, okay? So verse 11, Jacob wrestling, God fights for us, God of angel armies protects us. Look up and then out. I love Luther, the great Luther, Luther, Martin Luther. Luther said, when in greatest distress... Let us sing the 46th Psalm in concert and then let the devil do his worst. I love this because they would sing this. This is one of the songs of Zion, okay? They would sing this as a declaration of freedom in the chaos. And I love how it ends, literally it ends the passage with just relax, stop, drop, surrender, and just look up. Relax, look up, be still and know, know who he is, that he's still on the throne, that he's higher than your situation. He's above whatever it is that you're going through right now. So there's two things that we need to do in this season, two things that are really quick, two things that we need to do to have this knowing of God, okay, in, in, in this concept, context of being still and know. Number one, write this down, just shut it up, okay? Now, I could have said just shut up, but I chose to add it so it doesn't seem so aggressive and maybe it doesn't offend some people out there because if I said just shut up, I'm sure maybe I'd get some text messages or emails that was too aggressive. But anyways, just shut it up, okay? So what is it? Well, it's the mouth, okay? So I could have just said shut up, but whatever. What is it? The mouth. We need to close our mouth sometimes and stop arguing with God. Do you know that we argue with God without, without knowing we're arguing with God at times? When we ask the question why, we actually begin an argument with God. Like God is not fully aware of the things that he's trying to do in and through our life during, while we're in a process of struggle. When we ask the question why, it might be innocent to you, but that why question is basically questioning that God doesn't know what he's doing. Now, you may not think that, that you are questioning God that way, but this is the thing. God never answers the question why. He only ever answers the question what. What are you doing in me? Okay, so I'm in this situation. If God, if you're the God who turns lemonade or lemons into lemonade, 
a bad thing into a good thing. If you're a redemptive God, then I know that whatever situation I face, and if I'm called according, if I'm if I'm called by you, and I love you, the Bible says in Romans, and I'm, a, I'm called according to your purpose, that you will take everything that's going on right now and turn it into something good. So if I have that understanding, and the question I need to be asking is not, why is this happening, God? Like, don't you love me? Because often the why question is kind of motivated from a place of, God, don't you care? Like, don't you realize, God? Like, like, are you, are you like up there sleeping? Like, aren't you uh, fully aware of how hard this is right now for me? God is fully aware. He's fully present with you. The question I always ask, and I believe the question biblically we need to be asking God, is what are you doing in me? Okay, so I'm in this. I'm here. You're not surprised, God. And I'm not trying to blame you for it. I'm not saying that you made it happen, God. I'm just here. We live in a fallen world. We live in a, a, a life where things happen. I'm here. So how can I take this lemon and make epic lemonade out of it? What are you doing in me in the process? How's my character being transformed? How is my leadership growing? How is my parenting growing? My fathering growing? My husbandhood? How is it getting better? How's my friendships growing? How's my relational uh, uh, attraction moving forward? Like all this stuff, that's the question we should be asking God, what are you doing in me? Because if I ask what, if I get the answer to the what, I'll be able to move forward and advance into the next season. I'll find promotion into the next season. So just shut it up. Like I said, what is it? It's the mouth. It's the mouth. Be still and know that I am God. The idea is not that the reader should stop activity. So when we think, um, be still and know that I am God, it's like stillness. It's like uh, we just kind of stop, don't do anything for four hours and just meditate. We close our eyes and we're just still. And there could be, there is an element, I believe, of that. Quietness. I mean, we meditate on the scripture. Like There is an element of that, of actual physical stillness, like ceasing from activity. Like rest looks like that, right? Um, taking time off looks like that. Just resting from whatever your the works, whatever it is that you do, you know, your works, so to speak, right? We're resting. Our body, our mind, our emotions, our spirit, we're all, we're all resting. It's all resting in unison. But in this context, when, when the writer, and in the song it says, be still and know that I am God, the idea is not that the reader would stop activity and stand in one place. The idea is in the sense of stop arguing and opposing um, God in the process. Because often we oppose God without even knowing it. We oppose God. We're opposing God by our wrong questioning, by, by, like I said, asking the why question versus the what question. God's not gonna answer the why question. He's gonna answer the what question. So we are often, often <clears throat> in opposition to God and don't even realize it. We're resisting God. We're not called to resist God. We're called to resist the devil, okay? We're called to submit to God and resist the devil. In fact, James says it like this, submit to God and resist the devil and he will, flee from you, okay? So we submit to God and we resist the devil. But often in the trying to run from the devil, we actually end up resisting God. We end up resisting God because we don't like 
how it feels. And so instead of asking the what question, God, do your thing in me, like change me, transform my life. And we begin to argue with God by asking him all the wrong questions. And then we end up resisting him. So this context of be still literally means to stop arguing with God, to just quiet everything down, stop the chatter, stop the wrong questioning of God, like he can't handle it. It's like, if you read the book of Job, you're gonna see this. Like, you know, God's rebuke to Job often was like, do you not realize like I'm the one who made everything? Like, don't forget who your creator is, bro. Like, I I, I made it all. Like, and so you, you can see this dialogue actually happening in the book of Job with Job, okay? But I'm not talking about Job today. So the sense is more that the argument and the opposition should stop and be still. And this is done in recognition of the greatness of God. So in other words, stop your mouth from arguing with him or opposing him. Okay, and this is really uh, a rebuke in this context as well. Some commentators would say it like this. It's a rebuke to a restless and turbulent world. Basically, this loud statement of quiet. Stop the chatter, like shut it up or shut up everybody, like like stop trying to figure everything out. Just quiet, relax, look up, and then look out. Look up, and then look out. Let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. I think, honestly, if we don't, this is why I, I spent so many years in the beginning of our ministry teaching on this, if we don't learn to recognize the voice of God for ourselves, like if all you have is church on a Sunday, all you have is uh, a devotional once a week, if all you, and you have no interaction with God, no conversation with God throughout the week, you don't develop that, I recognize your voice, God, like I speak to you, but you also speak to me, we're gonna miss this every time. We're not gonna be able to quiet ourselves. Because sometimes we actually don't like what quietness feels like. What quietness feels like to so many is simply a magnification of all the pain, of all the struggle, of all the lack in our life, maybe of relationship with God or a lack of emotional investment or a lack of whatever it is for you. You realize that there's a void in your life. Sometimes quietness is dangerous and scary for so many people. We often hide in our busyness. If we can just work, 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 and hide and, and kind of get busy, we can get our mind off of the stuff. It's like often what happens when people are grieving, right? They'll say stuff like, well, I just need to do something to get my mind off of it. Well, that may be okay in the moment, but if that's how you begin to cope with everything in life, it's gonna catch up to you. And eventually, your soul is gonna break down. Eventually, you're gonna, you're gonna break down in so many areas of your life emotionally. You're gonna emotionally break down. We can't hide forever. We have to stop and deal, quiet our mind, quiet our soul, so we can let God do his thing in us. As we gaze on God, as we see God for who he is, as healer, guess what? We begin to receive healing in our body. If we can't see God as healer, because we can't quiet ourselves and look on him, and then look out at our situation, we won't receive the healing that we need. Because whatever it is that we perceive, we actually end up receiving. If we can perceive something to be true and right, we'll receive that thing that's true and right in our life. How we perceive God always determines how we receive God into our life. Now, obviously, there's exceptions to the rule in his sovereignty when he just shows up and does whatever he pleases in, like, like he did in Acts chapter 9 and knocked Paul off his horse. 
you know, because Paul was not perceiving God right. And in this case, sovereignty showed up, knocked Paul off his horse, and Paul had an encounter, and he went blind for three days, and his literal spiritual eyes were opened as a result, and his whole life and his whole world was changed, okay? And so, we, obviously, there's exceptions to the rule, but I would say, like, the majority of our spiritual life is spent in renewing our thinking, renewing our mind to perceive God right so we can receive him right into our life. So number one, we have just shut it up. If we want to learn to be still and know that he is God, okay, if we want to learn how to relax, look up and look out at our situation, we have to just shut it up. Stop arguing with God by asking him the wrong questions. Number two, simply, and it's kind of a piggyback on what I've already said, but it's just surrender. Write that down just surrender. The idea of this surrendering in this verse is as we begin to know the greatness of God, it enables a simple surrender in our life, okay? It's not advice to lead us to this contemplative life. One commentary writes, however important that it may be, it means rather lay down your arms. I love this. Lay down your arms, lay down your works, you're battling, your fight, your defenses, lay down your arms, because you're your fight, right? Like when you when you're when you're resisting something, when you're in opposition, what do you do? You put your hands up. You know, your hands are part of how you work, how you do what you do, how you move forward. I mean, you need your hands, right? So you need your arms. So it means lay down your arms, let it all go, surrender, and acknowledge that I am the one and only victorious God. Lay down your arms, just surrender, just surrender. You know, there were certain things that used to really stress me out um, in the beginning of like functional vocational ministry, you know, certain things that really stre stressed me out. I'd have grace for certain things, you know, that were directly connected to my gift set. And then there were other things that just would overwhelm me and stress me out. And there were seasons of my life where I could not, did not, or wasn't, not that I wasn't capable, but it was almost like I just, I was just missing it. I was missing the mark. And with God, in this scripture, like I, I wasn't able to relax in certain areas. Certain areas I was, but certain areas, like I just couldn't. And it would stress me out, cause anxiety in my life. And I noticed a massive shift when I would start, literally, I would think on this verse, be still and know that I am God. Because there'd be times in my life, literally, where I would physically, okay, be still for four, five, six hours. And not even necessarily hearing God, like God wouldn't speak to me necessarily, but just being with him, okay? Just being with him and just learning to calm my soul, learning to calm my perspective, learning to like meditate and redirect my thoughts and redirect my thinking on certain things, to look up at God who is high and above all so that I could look out on my circumstances properly. And I would take time to do this in some of the areas of my life, and I'm telling you, and it's, I'm still, it's still a progress and it's still a process, but I would say there are things even up until the last two to three years where it, it just up and down been stressful, stressful things overwhelm me. And I've noticed a shift as I've applied this over and over again. And it's a, like I said, it's a process. It's like building kind of like a muscle, right? Building a spiritual muscle where I would apply this aggressively. And I, not that I would stop caring, but I would stop putting stock and emotional like expectation in these things that were stressing me out. And the moment I would do that, it was like I was surrendering. I would stop fighting. I would stop, you know, kind of like trying to shadow box the devil, so to speak. And all of a sudden it was like, 
breakthrough began to happen in those areas. The very areas that were a struggle, that were causing stress, anxiety, all of a sudden now, it's a breakthrough. And I actually <clears throat> can't take credit. I wasn't fighting. I wasn't being more strategic. I wasn't working harder to try to fix the problem. I just began to surrender because all my hard work in the past just made it more stressful, didn't work out, wasn't producing the results that I wanted to produce. I think this is speaking to somebody right now. You're trying so hard. You're working so hard. You got your fight, man. You got your, your hands up. You're like boxing, you know, and you're doing whatever it takes to <clears throat> win this battle, win this stressful situation. Just stop, relax, look up, and watch what God begun, begins to do. Relax your arms. I'm metaphorically speaking. Relax your arms. Stop the fight and let God do the battle on behalf of you. When I started to do this over and over and over again, in some of these areas, even in the last two, three years, I've seen some of the most amazing breakthrough in those areas. And I literally can contribute it to, I just stopped fighting. I stopped boxing with it. I stopped not caring. Not that I wasn't caring. I just wasn't putting emotional stock into, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to lose identity, you know? And so I think this is an encouragement for somebody out there right now that's watching. Maybe you're in business or whatever. You feel like you're boxing all the time. You're fighting all the time. Just relax, look up, and then look out and watch your circumstance change. Maybe you feel weak. Maybe you feel like, I've said this before in, in, in the past, Surrender gives strength an invitation. Write that down. Surrender gives strength an invitation. An invitation. If this whole season of your life feels weak, like you just feel like weak, weary, remember, stopping, relaxing, looking up and looking out, surrender, which is surrender, okay? Surrender always gives strength an invitation. It's like sending out a wedding invitation. You want strength to come to your party? You got to invite strength to your party. But the way you invite strength to your party is by simply surrendering. Relax your arms, chill, relax, shut it up. I didn't say shut up, shut it up, and watch what God begins to do. And this is really a picture of the gospel, you guys. This is a picture of the greatest act of surrender ever. John 3, verse 16, Jesus, it was said of Jesus that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Well, guess how the son was given? The son was given in full surrender. In fact, when Jesus came, it says he emptied himself of his rights as God. So he was fully God, but also fully man. He had to become like us to die as us to restore us and reconcile us back to the Father. Jesus was the greatest <clears throat> definition or representation of surrender on a cross, freely giving his body on a cross, saying, Father, I'm all yours. I'm all in. He was struggling a little bit in the garden, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to handle this death that he was going to face. But on the cross, he actually said the words, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he surrendered up his spirit. Jesus was the greatest act of surrender. Some of us feel like we're on a cross right now. I know it's not the same as the cross that Jesus was on, but we feel like we're being crucified. We feel like we're, this is a hard, there's like, it's a painful season. Let me tell you, the most painful seasons of your life are just the precursors to the most powerful resurrections in your life. That most painful moment for Jesus was simply the precursor to the greatest resurrection 
that we would ever get to experience. When I say experience, we're still experiencing it today. If you've let Jesus into your life, every day is a new day with him and you're experiencing that life every day. But maybe you're watching right now and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never experienced that resurrection life in your life. All you have to do is surrender to what he surrendered for. He surrendered for the, the life that he wanted to give you, a life in relationship with him, a life of eternal relationship with him. When he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, he was forgiving you. He was forgiving me. He paid the price of forgiveness for all mankind one time over 2,000 years ago. And all you have to do today is say, yes, I surrender. I lay, lay my arms down. I'm gonna close my mouth up for a second, and I'm just gonna simply receive you into my life by faith. It says in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. If you wanna do this right now, just open up your heart and say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you're God. I believe that you were raised from the dead to give me new life. I receive your forgiveness today. I want you as king in my life, as leader in my life. I am all in today in relationship with you. Holy Spirit, fill me, overwhelm me, strengthen me today. Give me what I need to go on in my journey ahead. But now I have you with me. I have you in relationship in Jesus' name, amen. If you said that, you meant it for the first time, it's the greatest decision I believe you've ever made in your life. I wanna pray for you, but I also wanna pray for everybody else watching right now. If this message connected with you, and I hope it did, and I hope in some ways you feel like there was an adjustment, there was a chiropractic adjustment, like the Holy Spirit came and like just cracked some things back into place. That in this season, maybe you've been arguing with God, you've been you know, battling with God or asking God the wrong questions, and in some way your motives have just been questioning God. Does he care, is he, is he there? Like, doesn't he realize what I'm going through? Or, or maybe in this season, you know, you've been boxing and you've been like trying to win this battle that's really not your battle to win and you've been fighting to succeed and it's not been working out for you. You feel like you're literally like hitting the air and going nowhere with what's happening, whatever you're doing in your life right now. I wanna say this, just in this season, I believe God's correction for us and for you is just to relax, look up and look out and watch him do what he's always wanted to do, but just was waiting for you to surrender it all to him. If that's you, I wanna pray for you as well. Father, I thank you that you are a caring God. You know everything that we're facing right now. You see it all. You see the beginning, you see the end. And now we're in the in-between. And we, we want you to give us clarity. We want you to give us strength. Our, our surrender is sending out an invitation to strength in this season. We want you to intervene in and through our life in Jesus' name. So God, I'm asking right now for all of us watching right now, all of us listening right now, that you would <clears throat> radically, radically shift whatever the equation is that we're facing right now that's troublesome, you shift it into a perspective of what it is that you are doing in and through our life. We're asking you, God, the question, what, not why? What are you doing in and through us in this season? Help us, God, to just close our mouth when we need to just calm down and relax. Help us to stop that 
unhealthy sense of works mentality in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would enable us and mobilize us in this season to fight better than we've ever fought in Jesus' name, like the right fight, the right fight, to run the race, the right race in the best way possible in the next season. God, I pray for healing. I pray for break, breaking through. Breaking through, you know, I love that word, breakthrough. People don't like that word. But the word breakthrough, to break through, like there's no breakthrough without a break, without a breaking, okay? Something has to break. And often what has to break is us. There has to be a vulnerability in us, a breaking in us. If we're breaking through into a new domain, into a new promotion, there's gonna be a breaking on the inside of you first. To break through something physical or to break through something um, uh, intangible in our life, there has to be a breaking on the intangible elements of our spiritual life first, the character transformation, all these things. Some of us, we want the breakthrough, but we don't like the breaking that has to take place before the breakthrough happens in Jesus' name. So God, I'm praying for perspective. I'm praying for surrender. I'm praying for strength. I'm praying, God, for peace. I'm praying, God, that in this season, we would have a revelation of what it looks like to be still, and know that you are God in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Kingdom Culture, I hope that really encouraged you. Please share this message, and we will see you next week. Wow, what an amazing, powerful message, yes. powerful moment of worship. So if you said yes, if you said that prayer for the very first time, let us know, we'd love to follow up with you. Yes, absolutely. Let us know, the email is prayerkingdomculture.ca or just tell us here in the chat, we'd love to celebrate with you, send yes. resources your way and yeah. connect you to get to know amazing people like <laughs> Michelle and I. <laughs> awesome. Well, as you go on about your week, I just wanna again, just declare that God, that you, have not forgotten about the dreams, mm. that you're at work, that your miracle working power is at work, despite the circumstances, despite the world, you know, shutting everything down, your plans cannot be shut down over their lives. And so God, I just thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. And we just believe as a church that dreams will come true and that you would give them as they go, the yes. boldness, yes, the son. boldness to rise up, to rise up and to walk those dreams out in Jesus' name, just with passion, with power, with strength, with mm -hmm. your grace, God. Give them grace to walk out those things in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was awesome. Oh, that was awesome. Have an amazing week, guys. Us. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.